Hi, welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. This is the first episode of the show that we've recorded since the results of the election have been announced. Yep. Uh, we had an episode this Friday, but that was recorded on Saturday before the election. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not a political podcast. In As much as I enjoyed our election show, I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't feel so funny anymore. Nope. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to bring you awesome horror movies, and that's what we're going to keep doing. Yeah. Because we're still here. Yeah. Uh, our third Proto Slasher, Proto Slasher Month, is Alice Sweet Alice from 1976. It is our listener Tristan's favorite movie, so I really hope we don't piss him off with this one. Let's <laughs> see how it goes. Here's the plot of Alice Sweet Alice. Favorite daughter, Karen, is viciously strangled and set afire in church on the day of her first communion and suspicion falls on her jealous and emotionally unstable sister, Alice. When the girl's Aunt Annie, Auntie Anne, ooh, delicious. Uh-huh. Um, I've never had Auntie Anne. That's pretzels, right? Yeah. You I mean, it's the same them. as Wetzel's, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure some, like, mall connoisseur is going to get mad, but whatever. When the girl's Aunt Annie is later stabbed on an apartment complex stairway, Alice is sent away, but the attacks continue, prompting priest Father Tom and Alice's dad Dominic to go in search of the real killer. The girl was sent away? Yeah, she got, like, locked up in the psychiatric institution. I don't remember that. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I remember her being, like, at the police precinct, and then I think that's about it. I never remember her being locked up. Alice? Yeah. Well, she was sent... Like, the doctor was talking about her. She was in that, like, place, and he's like, why didn't you bring a suitcase for me? And they're like, you have to stay here. Oh, Okay. Okay, so I watched Alice, Sweet Alice. I watched it too. I enjoyed it probably more than you did. Yeah, maybe because you were just imagining something else. No, I was imagining a great feature with what's-her-face, Brooke Shields, and her eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is Brooke Shields' first film role as the, Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well, cool. As favorite daughter Karen, who gets strangled within a communion candle, which is great. Mm-hmm. That was a good scene, but candles will break really easily, so I don't see how you can be strangled with one. It's the power of her faith. Okay. This is a good one. Thank you. But yeah, a quick sidebar. I don't know what Brooke Shields is famous for. What is she famous for? Oh, I think she was famous for those guest commercials, because she was, like, maybe underage, and she said, like, nothing comes in between me and my Calvins. It was Calvins, not guest jeans. Or maybe it was both. Something with jeans, and it was, like, insinuating sex appeal, and then people were outraged, I think. Well, I can confirm that you are guessing as to what Brooke Shields is famous for. She did movies and stuff. She um, did that one movie. It was, like, an Italian movie where she was on an island with a boy, and they were trapped together or whatever. Isn't Madonna in that? No. I have no... Whoa. Castaway? Was she Wilson? She was Wilson. Okay. Hold on. I'm actually going to look this up. But what I brought it up was I only know Brooke Shields because I saw her at the Geffen Playhouse in Westwood in a play version of The Exorcist, and it was one of the coolest stage productions I've ever seen. Maybe the best stage production I've ever seen. It was awesome. Cool. But I have no idea Did why she she's... she the mom? Yeah, she was the mom. She was in Suddenly Susan and The Midnight Meat Train. Why is she famous? Sorry, I not to. There are certain actors and actresses that I know are famous because I know their names. Mm-hmm. But when I look at their IMDb page, it just seems like such a random you collection. Look at IMDb. IMDb isn't going to tell you like why they're famous. You have to go to Wikipedia. It'll be like known for no. racism. Well, no, IMDb does list like their top four projects that people click on the most. Let's see. Like relating to them. I'm gonna go to Wikipedia. The more reliable of the two. Of 
IMDb is fancy. Wikipedia is edited by rubes. By the people. Yeah. For the people. We can't trust the people, Sergio. It was the Blue Lagoon. That was the movie, I guess, where she did the nakeds. Oh, oh, that. Okay, I understand. She gained critical acclaim at age 12 for her leading role in Louis Malle's controversial film, Pretty Baby, in which she played a child prostitute in New Orleans at the turn of the 20th century. Oh. Uh, the role garnered Shields' widespread notoriety, and she continued to model into her late teenage years and started into several dramas in the 1980s, including The Blue Lagoon and Franco Zaffarelli's Endless Love. Oh, he's the guy who did all the Shakespeare movies. Mm-hmm. Good. Good for her. I want to hear more about her modeling the jeans, because that's... I remember. I guess uh, the, her being a child prostitute was probably more scandalous than her wearing jeans. Probably. But, you know, I, I want to believe what I want to believe. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's, as always, we rate the movies on out of five on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. So let's start. Um, how many screams would you give this movie on scariness? Okay, okay. So um, okay. according to Wikipedia, in 1980, the 14-year-old Shields was the youngest fashion model ever to appear on the cover of Vogue. Later that same year, Shields appeared in controversial print and TV ads for Calvin Klein jeans. So it was Calvin Klein and not guess. And the TV ad included her uh, saying the famous tagline, you want to know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. So it's like, you know, she was not wearing underwear as a 14-year-old. So uh, okay. was, you know, salacious. Okay. Speaking so, of salacious, this movie many? came out in the 70s and we're going to talk about some crazy stuff. What's there your scariness so ranking? My scariness rating? Um, I gave it a three. I was actually kind of scared for some of the characters only because I couldn't tell who was going to die next. Um, I didn't know that the little girl was going to die so early on. You know, spoilers. Uh, she she got off pretty early. And then after that, I was like, who's next? And and um, I, I didn't know who, who was going to be killed next. Who's going to come between her and her Calvins? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing. I gave it two out of five just because this is like my constant refrain. I'm not super scared by slasher movies. I mm-hmm. like them, but they don't freak me out. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless they show intimate blood, which this one did. There was a brief scene in a hospital that gave me the heebie-jeebies. But you're right. I did find it like unpredictable and just weird. Uh-huh. Um, it's got, like, because it's a proto-slasher, it doesn't follow the rules of a slasher movie. So it's kind of, like, unhinged, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-mm. And there's a creepy-ass doll in this. Maybe the oh, creepiest yeah. movie doll I've ever seen. Yeah, that doll is scary. Where it's like it has like three different faces on the doll's head. It was a Dante's Devil doll. I'm pretty sure you're right. But like it was terrifying, and it was apparently Brooke Shields' favorite doll. And I'm like, no wonder she turned out so messed up. <laughs> um. Anyway. Was that part of the trivia or just on the No, time? that was the character's favorite doll. Oh, okay. Because the girl stole it. and Yeah, it was just weird because um, the girl Alice you're pretty clear that she's the killer or you're supposed to think that she is because you've seen her in the killer's outfit, which is a yellow rain slicker like I know I did last summer. Mm-hmm. And um, this creepy-ass clear mask with like this weird garish makeup on it. It's a really cool outfit. Like You've seen her wear it. You've seen her be unhinged. And she's jealous of her sister, so you assume she killed her sister. Yep. So she gets sent off. She and might have killed her sister. She might have. I'm still unclear. The movie was so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I've seen it. And next time I watch it, it'll still be unpredictable because I don't think I know what happened. We have to look up like a, a summary somewhere. Yeah. Maybe, Wikipedia we go. Yeah. Tristan, find us on Twitter because I have some questions about the ending of this movie. Yeah. I don't understand the motivation of the killer at all, but that's also part of like why it's cool. Mm-hmm. If you've seen any horror movie, it's pretty clear that Alice isn't the killer because they're making it so clear that she's the killer, if that makes sense. Like she, 
from square one, there's such obvious evidence to her being the killer that you're like, there's no way that there's not a twist at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. But she blames her sister's ghost, who she thinks is trying to get this doll back and is killing people. And I'm like, could this be a ghost movie? Could it be their chubby cousin? I don't know. <laughs> there's so much I'm going fairly on. fairly certain we knew it was not Angela, the little chubby cousin. Which is great, because um, someone posited that... Uh, hypothesis like oh it could be their chubby cousin angela and the mom's mm-hmm. like uh i think my daughter would have recognized that fatty in her raincoat <laughs> basically is what she said uh-huh. which is crazy actually which brings us into campiness um i'm gonna start my campiness score is three out of five because okay. i found a lot in this film amusing what, what's yeah. yours in the i gave five? it three out of five cats too it was pretty good cats there was a cat there was lots of cats okay you're right we'll talk about that yeah um that dude you... was dope mr alfonso Señor Alfonso, <laughs> he's this. Me, I don't. I'm. This is a very body shaming episode, so I apologize. From Brennan, I personally love all body types. No, so do I. I love Mr. Alfonso, but he's mm. maybe the fattest man in the world. Not the world. He's not okay. the world. If maybe you've the... ever seen Seven, you'll see someone a lot bigger. Oh really? Yeah. Well, he's the fattest, like, functional human being in the mm. world. I think that was just part of his character, though. He's just oh, meant to it, be creepy. And... It was great. Uh-huh. But, like, he has all these cats. And every scene, I feel like we got another nugget of information about Mr. Alfonso. Mm-hmm. Like, the first scene, he's just this weird neighbor who they talk to for some reason. The uh-huh. next time, they're like, go send him some cake. He has cats or something. Yeah. And the next time, they're like, give him your rent check. I'm like, oh, I guess he's the landlord. Yeah. And we continue to learn these little snippets about Mr. Alfonso. And then I was looking him up. Turns out, this guy, this was his first film. He only mm-hmm. appeared in two other films before he died, two years after this film. Mm-hmm. But he was discovered because he was a bouncer at a gay bar, which is awesome. Wow. Even more reasons to love Mr. Alfonso. Mm-hmm. So, he was great. Sorry. Do you want to talk about cats? No, he was great. I liked his weird little pee stains. Yeah. He just had, like, these soiled trousers, and he lived in this slobby apartment. Mm-hmm. And he tried... At one point, he definitely tried to come on to Alice. I don't know if it was to come on to her or make her feel uncomfortable because they had well, this it did really, both. <laughs> they had this really weird relationship where they just fought against one another. Yeah, they were, it was like a weird sibling rivalry thing. Yeah, almost. like she would call him fatty, and then he would be like, "Your sister was prettier, and you're just evil." Yeah, should have been you. And then she strangled his cat. Yeah, like he's cornering her, and it looks like he's trying to make out with her, yeah. and she just grabs his cat off the mantelpiece by the neck and looks like she's going to hit him with it like a broken beer bottle. I don't know what's happening. It's crazy pants. Mm -hmm. This movie had such a sheen of like 70s grubbiness. It was very Toby Hooper-esque. Like he puts all this awful, like indecent stuff in all his movies. Mm -hmm. Like in addition to Mr. Alfonso, maybe quasi coming on to Alice, the guy in charge of her polygraph test is also definitely just boned up by Alice, who is 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, even repeat what he said, but he was basically like, oh, and I was putting those polygraph nodules onto her. She was, like, licking her lips. She wanted me to touch her. I was like, she did not. She Uh was a child. I think that was a good, um, like, an excellent way the director or the writer, like, conveyed to us or convinced us that she was the evil character killing these people. Because the fact that she's, like, so sexual or whatever yeah. kind of reminds me of, um, like, the like Reagan in The Exorcist after she's been condemned, or not condemned, possessed. And uh, she's just like, uh, the devil, I want you to fuck me, Caracas, yeah. or whatever. No, that's interesting. You can bleep me out, by the way. 
Whatever, I don't really care. That that is interesting because this is tied to she has just started menstruating, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of horror movies that start that way. Like Carrie kicks that off. Like with menstruation comes her sight, like telekinetic powers, and um, Ginger Snaps is all about like coming of age and female puberty. Like, there's a lot of these kind of movies that vilify um, female sexuality and women coming of age causing violence and blood, like literal blood. Mm-hmm. No, so what you're saying is correct. Like, they were trying to paint her as a villain, and mm-hmm. kind of, it almost mm-hmm. went that way, and then it didn't. It was very strange. We still don't know. Like, towards the end, Reagan, not Reagan, sorry. Uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Uh, what's Alice. Alice. It's in the sorry, title. Oh, my God. Alice kind of gives us a little a glimpse into her evilness, I guess. And I don't know what to think. Yeah. Just, this movie's a thinker, you know, like a rival that we yeah. saw yesterday. Just No, it's everyone's evil in this movie. Everyone's mm-hmm. terrible. The mother's um, a whore. Well, maybe I guess she was pregnant before she got married, and so that's bad, I guess, according to the religious people in the uh-huh. movie. It's very religious. This is the 70s are weird. Like, the cop has naked lady pictures on the wall of his office, and I'm like, you are a public servant, sir. <laughs> it, there were a lot of parts that were like a soap opera. Like, just extreme close-ups of tear-stained women screaming at each other. It uh-huh. was great. It was very... Yeah, that was pretty fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not to, like... Because she just lost her daughter, and she... Sorry. Um, yeah, the mom had just lost her daughter, and she was, like, caught in the throes of passion and, and I don't know, remorse or whatever. And she was just, like, bawling at the top of her lungs. Yeah. No! You scared the cat. Sorry. It's her furiosa moment. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're just blasting through this. We talked for, like, nine minutes about Brooke Shields' career. She's great. Right. You better keep that in. The people need to know. I will. You didn't know how she was famous. This has been educational for all of us. It has been. No, it's just, like... There, there are certain celebrities that were famous in the 70s and 80s that I'm aware of through references or whatever. But if I'm looking at their filmography, I can't pinpoint like one thing where I'm like, that's why you're famous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. FX score, uh, as always, in this month, this is going to be a short section. I gave it two out of five uh, communion candles, I guess. For effects? Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. That wasn't a whole lot. No. I mean, there was some cool shots with the retractable knife. I mm-hmm. liked the shot where uh, the killer who – I could spoil who the killer is, but I don't – I feel like I don't even know. I just don't know who killed who We know who, who a killer why. is. We know who a killer is. We don't know if there was more than one. Yeah. We don't, we're not really quite sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that the killer killed because of the line that she mu- that they muttered. Shh. No, they. we don't. We can spoil it. I just like I said. I don't. I literally don't know if I can because I don't know what happened in this movie. Well, the killer said um, – uh, I have to kill the children because they have to be punished for the sins of the father. And so that leads me to believe that they did something wrong to her, to them in, Maybe. in a previous life or whatever, or earlier on in her life. Cause we know that she lost, that they lost her, their daughter during um, their communion or something. Remember? No, no, we, you don't have to hide who it is. I'm trying to it's, be it's, very uh, progressive. Okay, here we here. Go. I'm going to tell you, it's the Italian housekeeper. Who's like, mamma mia, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and, well, there's a part where she just like straight up sticks the knife in the priest's neck, which is yeah. an awesome shot. It's not super gory because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't bleed until after. And there's some parts where the awful aunt gets stabbed in the shins that I enjoyed, but mostly mm-hmm. because she was awful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, two out of five uh, candles. Well, I feel like we have to believe that the mom did something awful. We just don't know well, why. She had sex before marriage. I guess so. That's and that's why everybody around her died except Alice. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
Uh, let's talk about quality. Um, this is a very interesting movie. It's definitely... It's probably the best slasher that we've seen so far. Yeah, like definitely the best of this month. Well, sorry, the best proto-slasher we've seen yeah. so far, yeah. I had some quibbles about it, I guess. Here, I'll give you my score first yeah. and then tell you why. I gave it like a 3, 4, like 3.5 in between there if I'm allowed to. Whatever. Um, Because I was interested. Like, the characters were compelling. I hated Alice. Um, However, at the same time, I also hated Mr. Alfonso. Um, But I kind of sympathized with him. Uh, and yeah, you, you feel for her parents cause they're losing their daughter and whatnot. And the mom's losing her sister cause someone got stabbed and it's like a whole family drama. It's over the top. However, what would keep me from giving it a higher score? What gives me like that hesitation? I would say that the plot was not really quite there. I have no idea why anyone's doing what they're doing. I don't know the killer's motivations. So that would be it. Just the plot. The fact that there really wasn't any, I guess, narrative. Can I say that? Yeah. Uh, or easy to follow narrative for me. It was it was loose, sleazy vignettes, uh-huh. basically. Yeah, I need to be told directly what's happening. I don't <laughs> like to be having to guess because I always guess wrong, as we witnessed yesterday after I saw Arrival, and I got the whole meaning wrong. The, well, no, you just disagreed with me. It doesn't mean you're wrong. I was wrong. Okay, um, I'm giving it three out of five unlucky stars. I liked all the interpersonal drama and the twists and the unpredictability. I liked the Toby Hooper depravity, but I was super lost for a lot of the time, partially because everyone's name sounded exactly the same. There was a Tom Alice and Karen. Yeah. Well, there was a Tom and a Dom and there was a Karen and a Catherine. Okay. And I was just like, I don't know who we're t- And there was an Angela and like an Annie. Okay. Okay. And then there was Allie, which is what they called Alice. And I'm like, I am totally confused by all of this. <laughs> it's perplexing. Mm hmm. And the movie goes on way too long after the reveal of who the killer is. There's just endless scenes after that of like, is she going to kill someone else? Mm -hmm. Is she not? It's like, do I care? Not really. (laughs) But it's definitely, it's got this really weird grubby vibe that I really dug a lot. Um, It wasn't the best made movie. There were some lighting issues. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. There's a part where uh, the father is stepping from a, like the daylight street into a darkly lit hallway. And it basically looks like he's stepping into the hallway from, from heaven itself. It's Ugh. just so blown out and bright. You can't see anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a cool movie. I'm glad we watched it. And thank yeah. you, Tristan for recommending it. Yeah. I just say it's probably the best choice that we've seen this month so far. Yeah. Hopefully next week will be even better. Yeah. That's kind of been like the, the running theme here. Yeah, just us praying that a good movie will come along uh-huh. at some point. What are we watching next week? I'll tell you that in just a minute. Okay. Because we have to get to champion dialogue first. Oh, okay. What's your champion dialogue, Sergio? Uh, my champling. My champling. <laughs> my shampoo. Uh, my champagne. Shout oh, no, Rampling. Whatever. Uh, my, yeah. <laughs> uh, my champion dialogue is God only takes the pretty ones. And that's probably like a weak dialogue. It was the only one that I could remember. Um, it's from um, the strongest character, Mr. Alfonso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the only line I could remember at the end of the movie. Um, Which makes it the best. I guess. You. I guess, yeah. It's a pretty girl, too. Too bad she was the one to end up in the box. God always takes the pretty ones. It was just, it's funny because I really liked their relationship between Mr. Alfonso and Alice. Yeah. Like they, like you mentioned, yeah, they were just like fighting siblings always at each other's necks for really no reason. And their cat's necks. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor, poor gatitos, you I know. know. They didn't, he didn't, they didn't deserve that. <laughs> My champion dialogue is 
in no way similar to yours, which I guess is nice. Um, this is when the mom has just found out that Brooke Shields has been killed. And she's like, no, the most famous person in this movie. Uh. Who's going to watch now? Uh-huh. Um, and her sexy ex-husband shows up. And she just runs into his arms and they hug and she's sobbing. And then uh, the the awful aunt leans out the window and says this. I don't want to rush you, but mass begins at nine. Oh, okay. That one was really good. You asshole. They're having a moment. Yeah. Please let this happen. Like, she could not let them embrace for more than 11 seconds without being like, hey, I'm in this movie too. That was a really good line. Thank you. I loved it. I wrote it myself. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how we're feeling about proto slashers at this point. Like, I think I've noticed that what makes a proto slasher a proto slasher is that there are lots of characters who get kill scenes but don't die. Like, they get sent to the hospital, mm-hmm. and then they're still characters later, and you're mm-hmm. like, well, more people to keep track of. Thank uh. you. <laughs> I don't know. That's something that I've been noticing with, with these movies. Okay. Like, in a town dreaded sundown that lady that got shot in the head and it's like she survived oh my god that was just not believable though no but like people survive Uh the kills in this it's Mm -hmm. not about the body count Mm -hmm. i guess you're right how are you feeling like this one has been better like are you excited for the next one are you um this one's been better it's probably been like i feel the one that's most representative of the slasher genre or the Mm -hmm. one that could you could say this is like the beginning of it, like or whatever, just because it actually had stabbings. The dra- the town that dreaded sundown did not. They had shootings. It had a tromboning. It had a tromboning. Um, uh, nobody else ever really died by anything else, or a stabbing at the very least was instrumental into their dying or yeah, their yeah, being yeah. wounded. But it had pretty decent blood. Yeah, uh, it was seventies blood. Uh huh. I liked. Uh, okay, one thing that I liked. Um, it had really small sets. Uh, the movie was always really contained its, its locations, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like they did a really good job of making me aware of the environment. And I feel like that's something that's all slashers kind of do is that they have yeah. small sets. They are really small productions, but they they ma- they maximize it and they make them as best as they can. Yeah, you, that's a good point. A lot of slasher movies have iconic locations as mm-hmm. well, like Haddonfield, Illinois, for Halloween, Crystal Lake, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Crystal Lake, I think. One of the reasons I like My Bloody Valentine so much is that the town in that movie is such a character in and of itself. Like, it's this small mining town, and you get such a sense of how the community operates. Mm -hmm. And Like, that is important to a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're learning. Yeah, so, next week, drum roll, please. Uh, Next week, we'll be watching Tourist Trap, which is actually another movie that Tristan recommended to us. Because he tweeted at us, like, forever ago. He's like, you ever going to do Alice Sweet Alice or Tourist Trap? And I'm like, just you wait. Just you wait. We got you covered. <laughs> a um, year from now. No, it wasn't that long ago. We, long ago this was is it? only our third month. So. Oh, so it was like when both of us started? Yeah. Okay, I, I think assumed so. it was like back when Shannon was on board. No, I mean, it does take me a while. I have, I have, I have it all scheduled out. It's very strict. Um, Ren does like his list and his order. I do. Yeah, we're watching Tourist Trap, which I only know a teensy teensy bit about, but I'm excited from what I've heard. Um, and yeah, if you if you've seen Alice Sweet Alice, Tristan definitely has. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to hear your reactions. I hope we lived up to the movie that is your favorite movie. Um, I know it wasn't like my favorite thing, but I did appreciate it a lot, and I'm glad you recommended it. 
Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. And give us five stars, and I'll send you a picture of Sergio being weird with my cat. He's enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> he just struggled to escape. Um. Anyway. You got to be more careful with your claws, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. America will survive... We're strong. <laughs> yeah. Joint, volunteer. Yeah. Um, be positive. Make a difference yeah. in your community. Stop hate if you see it. Yeah. And try to stop it from happening in general. Yeah. Uh, good luck on your journey. And mm. I really mean that this time. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. Just stay gold and stay positive. Purge 24-7 out there. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Is your mic on? Isn't it? Oh, yep, there it is. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Film Fast, Animorphs, Molly Moon, Mickey Mouse, Never Sleep Again, Frederick Brown. Can you talk at your normal volume? I'm talking at my normal volume. Okay. Am I not? Or is this more me? That's more you. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hi, Brennan. Hi. Um. Her Aunt Annie. Our, if you hear the dog barking, I apologize. I can't do anything about that. She won't mm. shut up. Um, when the girl's Aunt Annie is later stabbed on an roof, apartment roof, complex stairway, roof, roof. Alice is sent away. Shh, I can't. You have a microphone. <laughs> Scout does not. This movie... Speaking of cats, my cat's trying to get in the door. It's an animal-filled episode. Let it in. Let, Let it in. Let the right one in. You've never seen the Soul Train, huh? No. What's that? You mean the TV show? It's a TV show. It was a movement (laughs) and a TV show. Okay. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out. The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there. Buckets of blood and human excrement? Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.